while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. And I'm Chris McCarthy. So, uh, happy Friday. Happy Friday for some of us. Right. So, um, we're actually joined now by uh, newly inaugurated Bristol County Sheriff Paul Haro. Sheriff Haro, thanks for joining us. Hello. Sheriff. Sheriff. Going to put that on hold for a minute. Anyway, so there, there was a an incident at the jail. Yes. As the news is reporting, um, another tragic suicide. Um, you know, um, Sheriff Hodgson explained to us his, his belief on that. Um, I took him at his word. Then I, I think his, his, his rationale was, uh, un- was, was accurate, um, as sad as it is. So... Well, so let's. There was a there was a suicide at the Dartmouth House of Correction. Somebody was being held on pretrial for about twenty five hundred dollars cash bail, right? And they um, hardly Charles Manson elected, uh, allegedly uh, hanged themselves um, in the cell, and they were found at I believe seven p.m. last night. And so we do have Sheriff Haro joining us in a minute. I think maybe there was some technical difficulties uh, with that, um, and let's see if we can. We so can get back. I do think we do have to credit the sheriff with being so open about this. Yeah, he, 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 and, and agreeing to come on with us tonight. Hello, sheriff. Hey, how's it going, you guys? Can you hear me okay? Yep, we can hear we can you. Hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. So, right, I'm actually driving right now. Uh, hands free, of course, but uh, I apologize <laughs> for some background noise. No, it's no problem. So, thanks for joining us. Thank uh, you, sheriff. So, um, can you just explain to us, uh, you know, the the um, sort of the events that transpired as much as you possibly can, given the circumstances? Yeah, so um, actually you've already identified all of the uh, details that we can release to the public at this point, but it's an ongoing investigation as to what happened. Um, Once I was contacted about probably, uh, geez, like probably about um, 8.15 last night, Steve Sousa, the superintendent, he called me and I said, all right, I'm coming in right now. So I drove down. I wanted to see how... They handle the um, after-incident review, and, you know, so I wanted to get a good sense of what the process is, and, you know, I met with the state police when they came in as well, and, but this is, you know, the thing people are wondering is, Paul, what are you going to do about this? Because this is after, last night was, when I came in, it was after the fact. Um, This is, looking at suicide rate and trying to do something about that is one of my highest priorities of the list. Um, but basically, you know, what I have to, I have to recognize is we're not doing something right. I don't know what it is, you know, and that's what I have to find out. You know, I'm, I've just finished up my third day. Uh, when this happened, I had only been on the job for basically 36 hours. Right. Um, but 
I have to recognize that we have a rate of suicide that's probably about two and a half times greater than you know other like what our rate should be uh, based on our population. And with that, I you know I have to bring in outside help because we have a blind spot somewhere, and we you know we, we're going to need somebody else to help us figure out what that is uh, to look at our uh, process of intake and how we're classifying people. And, um, you know, that, that's basically what I'm going to be doing. I have the name of a couple of experts. Um, we're going to hopefully contract with them to come in and look at, you know, from A to Z, what we're doing. Um, we have some basic things that I, over the last couple of days, I uh, basically from uh, noontime until 5 o'clock, both Thursday and today, Friday, I brought on board uh, Michael uh, Corsini and Louis Spencer. And I, I, Louis Spencer was a former commissioner of DOC. Uh, 40 years of experience, and Mike Cassini, same thing, 40 years of experience. And, you know, we went through the system, uh, you know, both days, both ten, spent 10 hours. Um, you know, we did that with Steve Souza, uh, the superintendent. And so, but yeah, they were telling me, hey, Paul, you need to address this, you need to address that, um, because I wanted to bring in people from the outside. And one of the things they said is you need to address the suicide issue. Um, they also gave me a couple ideas about things we can do just to hit the ground running. So we're speaking with Bristol County Sheriff uh, Paul Haro. So, yeah, it was one of the things that was pretty, I mean, it was a major theme of the campaign. And um, I know that you, uh, you know, you, you, like you said, you'd been 36 hours um, on the job. But would you say that this is, I think, quickly approaching the top of the list for your uh, of your uh, priorities as sheriff? Oh, it always was. Always was. And, you know, it's. You know, um, Sheriff Hodgson, you know, he, he served for 25 years, and, you know, the difference of our approach was he, he said, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing everything exactly the way we should be. You know, and, you know, I, I, he assured us that, you know, policies and procedures are fo being followed, and, you know, that was his approach. Um, my approach is to say we have to be doing something wrong because – if we don't think we're doing something wrong, there's never going to be any room for improvement. And, you know, that's so I always like to reserve a little bit of space for improvement. Say, no, I'm not perfect. And there's always something we can do that's going to be better to make us a little bit better at what we do. Um, even, even after we improve, I'll still say we can still do better. You know, there's, there's always that room. Be happy but never satisfied. Although I shouldn't use that as a phrase because I shouldn't say I'm happy with the outcome right now. Be happy with the progress you make kind of at large, not specific to this right here. Well, Sheriff, I think I think um, I know our listeners appreciate your direct approach here and um, that you're you know making yourself available. Um, obviously, it's an investigation. The district attorney is going to handle it. You, what you can say today, I hope everyone understands, is very limited um, in, in what you can say. Um, but there'll be a, a report forthcoming and, and you'll make that public for us along with the DA's office. You know, I, if, it, if it can't be made public, and that's something I have to de defer to the DA, um, then it should be made public. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, uh, but like I said, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm the first to recognize, because I own this now, you know, and I have to do something about this. And people are expecting me to do something about this. And, um, you know, five years ago, my second day on the job as mayor of Attleboro was uh, the worst blizzard we had during in the entire five years that I was there. Well, and I'm not going to blame you for that, Sheriff. The thing is that stuff just happens. You no, know, you're stuff right. Happens, 
the timing is relative. You know, I, I, I hope to God this doesn't happen. We could have another one tonight. You know, I mean, it's just what we need to figure out is what is our blind spot? What do we need to do differently so that we can reduce the rate? Um, and, and I just don't know what the answer is, but I'm going to be bringing, and this is what I said during the campaign, I'm going to bring on outside help. Uh, the past three days has been talking about bringing on outside help. We need to bring on other lawyers because we had a number of lawyers leave. Uh, to bring on a new labor attorney, which is a, like an employment lawyer, because we have grievances to address. We have contracts I- issues. So, you know, I have to get a new general counsel. There's, there's a lot that needs to be done. Um, there was a little bit of, you know, a, number, a good number of people left, you know, right before I got there. Um, so, but like I say, I'll be the first to recognize we're not do we're missing something. And I don't know what that is, but I'm going to bring on people who have a background and expertise to help identify what it is. And then we can start to implement some changes, but it's going to take time. So, uh, Sheriff, um, I think you've, uh, addressed that issue completely. Um, uh, just, just one, one, one question. Sure. Yeah. When, and again, I know it, it's fog of war type situation, but what, what would you give as a timeline or deadline to these people you're bringing in? When, when would you look like an answer by? Okay, so the process works like this. I have to uh, first create some type of uh, like RFP, or request for proposals, right. if state law requires me to do that right. for this specific service. So I have to follow all state law procurement, uh, all state procurement laws. And uh, you know, I have to make sure that we have enough money in an account to pay a consultant to come in. So let's just, let's just say I, whether I put out the RFP or if I can just select somebody on my own, you know, because I know what we're looking for. I, I, the law will determine how I, what approach I use. So we get somebody in here, then we have to get them access and time to review, uh, you know, all the files of the deceased that we've had over the years. And they're going to look at that. They're going to look at our policies, our procedures. They're going to interview people. Um, you know, an intake and, you know, classification. And so then then they would basically come back with a report, probably several months. It could be as many as six. Um, depends on how long it takes me to get this started. But it, it could be as many as six months. we got to give uh, somebody time to do this and do it right. And then they come back with recommendations and say, this is where your blind spot is. This is what you should be doing differently. You haven't thought of this or this. And, and then they'll give me a document and then some advice on how to implement. And, but that's basically, um, it, it takes time to have somebody look, go in and look at suicides over the course of years, do interviews, sure. uh, read the policies and procedures, get up to speed with our system. And, and not just kind of come in and say, well, you need to do this, this, and this. It's, they have to look at what we're doing wrong or what we're missing. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to come in and say, well, you have to ask people if they're suicidal when you're at intake. I mean, it's not that simple. So, Sheriff, one of the questions I have for you is, um, how are your employees doing it? And, and specifically, how do you handle a situation like this afterwards? Obviously, that's trauma on the on the on the corrections officers and the other staff members who had to witness it. Um, what what system do you have over there, or, or would you like to put in place to help them deal with the with the uh, post traumatic stress of the situation? Well, you know, I was I was actually impressed with the uh, the sort of investigative. Uh, process that was going on uh, after the incident and you know I, I uh, met with a number of people who were involved with it and we did this last night I got there I got there about you know 845 or so um, you know it was 850 whatever it was and you know and I walked around with Steve Souza you know he, he, he went through the whole basically I shadowed him 
But then I asked the questions I wanted answered. Uh, one of them was when we were talking to the uh, nurse. Uh, you know, I asked because there was a cellmate involved with this, and you know, the cellmate, um, you know, was also put on a suicide watch. And you know, because of the potential trauma to that cellmate, you know, because of seeing something like this, I also asked if you know what was being done for the correctional officers, uh, you know, who found this inmate. And the um, you know there was this you know stand, like a standard uh, like pro procedure in place that lets them know about the uh, treatment and counseling available to them. You know, we basically do a little review of their own state of mind. Um, so it was, like I said, I, I was impressed with the process that's in place that is a dealing with, you know, the investigation of this and after the fact. But like I said, that's after the incident. And so I'm, I'm happy that. But I also want to look at what's going on before an incident. And, and find, like I, I repeat myself, find out where our blind spots are because I, I, I have a hard time believing we're doing everything right. We, something, we got to be missing something, and I just don't know what it is. I don't think anybody does. So, Sheriff, I appreciate you coming on and addressing uh, uh, those matters. I know a lot of people had questions about that throughout the day here, but um, uh, I think you've, uh, I think, addressed it fairly completely. Um, just a couple uh, other questions before we let you go. Uh, one is, well, basically, you know, obviously this is an issue. It's one of the things that you campaigned on and something that you've already said you need to address. And I know you said we've talked exhaustively about how you want to change things, but incrementally at the Bristol County House of Correction. But is there anything that that strikes you uh, immediately in your in your two days on the job that you think needs to be changed more immediately other, other than obviously the suicide rate? Well, yeah, one thing I've already addressed and I addressed this Tuesday morning, sorry, Wednesday morning when I went with all the senior staff was the car issue. You know, it was a lot of people who were. Uh, taking vehicles home, uh, and a lot maybe being, you know, uh, you know, it's a handful. Okay? It was a handful more. So there are some people who should have a car. And, you know, if they have to respond to something, an emergency in the middle of the night, throw the lights on, get there right away. But then there was other people who were uh, taking a car home. It was, it was basically a perk. And I've heard from a lot of voters. Wait, do I have to give like mine that. back? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, I've heard from the voters, though, that they don't like that. I've heard from the employees. There, there's, you know, there was, I think, around 20-ish cars going out, you know, that were being brought home every night. Some of those are legitimate. I, I recognize that there's a handful that are legitimate, um, you know, and so, but a lot of employees were quite resentful of this as well. They said, well, why does he or she get a vehicle and I don't? Well, what's so special about that person? You know, we both drive to work every day. Why do, why do they not have to put the wear and tear and pay the gas on their and so it was also a, it was an internal morale issue. So that's something I um, basically uh, set a new standard for. And you know, last night, for example, I'll give you any, uh, and the, the standard, the policy that I'm going to have is, you know, for the people that need a vehicle, if you need to respond to something, throw the blue lights on, get down there right away because of the situation happening. Um, you know, that's something that uh, you know, like there's some people that should have a car. And you know, I'm, I'm, like I took one myself. Last night, I drove, the policy would look like this in practice. Yesterday, I left work. I drove home. I got, you know, I went through Providence, where I should have driving through Providence right now. Uh, I take 195 West to 95 North to get back to Attleboro. So I, you know, got home. And I, as I passed through Providence, I drove past where it is that I was going to go have dinner. It was in a little place in Kentucky. And 
So I got my personal vehicle at my home, my own car. I drove back to Pawtucket. You know, so we, okay. the policy for a vehicle is that you use it for official government purpose only. And that's it. No using the government vehicle to go to the grocery store, to take your family to a restaurant, to drive to the Cape. That's not what it's for. It's for, you know, you're at home um, and you need to, you know, respond to something. You flip on your lights and you just go. If you happen to be away from your vehicle, then that is something that, okay, then you can use either, you know, if you get away from your government vehicle, you can either drive down to the jail with your own personal vehicle if you want. Um, or go home, get the government vehicle, throw the blue lights on, and then get down there really quickly. I'll leave that up to the decision of whoever it is that you know is responding. Um, but that is going to be my policy. I need to put that in writing. It's a lot more conservative than a lot of places, quite frankly. But like I said, I, I've got you know the, the voters, the taxpayers, and quite frankly, the other employees who are a little bit frustrated by that. So. Um, other in, in immediate changes, I need to hire a labor attorney, as I was saying. I have to get new legal counsel on board. Um, you know, this, you know, just it's setting up an administration. Uh, there's changes to the org chart that I've uh, started to uh, look into and talk to people about. But one of the things that I, I, I have to reassure people of is I never make decisions alone, and there is a reason for everything. You know, so, so, so some people might not like the reason. But there is a reason for everything, and I never make decisions alone. It's just it's just how I operate. So, Sheriff, I uh, appreciate you uh, joining us this evening. I'll, I'll let you get back to the Providence traffic. I know it can get a little <laughs> tricky. Um, but uh, thanks so much, and I uh, look forward to talking with you thanks, in Sheriff. the we, future. We appreciate it. Thank you, Sheriff. All right. Hi, thank you, I'm happy to come on anytime. All right, thank, thank you. you. Appreciate that. Hopefully, we can have him back under better circumstances. Yeah, of course, absolutely. I know we uh, certainly uh, will plan on doing that. I will say, as uh, media available as, as Sheriff Hodgson was, it, I, I believe um, I believe Sheriff Rowe to be uh, equally media available. At least he certainly was during the campaign and has this, uh, early in his tenure as sheriff. All right, I got to take a break. Download the W. Welcome back to South Coast tonight. Happy Friday. Um, it's probably a little crass to say happy Friday. Happy Friday. Before but, and after that segment. Right. But um, I do appreciate but the, the show must on. go on. The show must go on. I do appreciate the sheriff coming on. I think it was pretty forthright in how, you know, and how he, you know, understands it's that it's part an issue. Of an, an active investigation. Yeah. You mean, he's very limited what he can say. He's very limited what he can say, but he also. I liked Marcus. Because, you know, obviously I wasn't not a proponent of his, but I like the way he said, obviously, we're not doing something right. Yeah. And we've got to make, we got to look at what we're not doing. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's that's a, a, a small P progressive uh, way to look at it. It's the only way to look at it, quite frankly. Yeah. All right. I mean, he's in, and as he said, I'm, I'm responsible. Right. For these people. Yeah, he said, I own it. I own it, yeah, right? right. I, I like that. I like that attitude. I do, too. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's funny. Even in the debate when uh, when Sheriff Hodgson was like, well, you know, you said this about this, and you were wrong. He goes, that's correct. I was wrong. I will also say this. I will also say this. As it was occurring to him, I could tell that he might win the race. You know, during the debate stuff that we had with him, mm -hmm. you could see him sort of limiting his criticism on the suicides. Because I think, as we've all come to know, there's not a lot you can do when someone is determined to kill themselves. Well, see, that's... I so, hate to say so, it, but... 
but it's true. I know that that was um, posited a lot during that that discussion, and um, I guess we'll find out. Right. So, because I remember, you know. Well, here's the thing, Marcus, and this is why, and I, I want people to keep this in mind. You never find out about the suicide you prevented. <laughs> you really well, don't. No, seriously. Well, well, in a way, in a, and I, I, mean, I think it depends. I think response time's probably a, like, this guy well, hanged okay. himself. All that right. probably took a few minutes, right? A couple minutes. So I think response time and all of that, being able to, to see that or, or having maybe, I, again, I don't really know much about it. So we're right. going to have to have probably a more robust discussion. Well, all the people that know the most about it are never around to tell us. So, <laughs> well... So you can laugh. I know that was a funny so, joke. So <laughs> it anyway, wasn't right, but it was funny. <laughs> so five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We see the calls in line. We'll get to them in a second. But what I was trying to say, <laughs> forgot. And I'm the only one in the room who's died. So. I forgot. Oh yeah. Well, 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 <laughs> I. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it's one guy that can throw me off my game. Good evening. Is that me or is that it's that you? Chris? It's you and Chris and me. We're all no, together. Who, who's the one? Who's the one that throws you off? Oh, the game? Oh, oh, Chris. <laughs> oh, Chris. Uh, well, I'm I'm working at it. <laughs> Try. Uh, Thank you. No, but listen, guys. I uh, I I really uh, thought the sheriff, the new sheriff, uh, uh, sounded good. I appreciate him making himself available. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was I was not a supporter, but I, that approach that he he uh, you know articulated. I, I think is, is is best you can hope for anybody in a position <laughs> yeah, like that. So, I agree. You know, because good for him. And, and but you know, so there's always a but. Not not about him, but the the group that spent so much time protesting. Um, uh, you know, the, the sheriff uh, Tom's administration, and uh, you know what they considered violations. Yeah, uh, coalition social justice. Well, I, I, that, that group, I, and I, I don't, I can't identify them off the top of my head. The coalition for social justice. Be, are they going to be vocal uh, after this suicide? Maybe. Um, they might feel a little jilted. I, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, I, well, we'll find out tomorrow, right? I suppose we'll we'll. It, it's they're consistent. Yeah. But the but the thing well I think the thing is 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 he's saying that there's something that's not that's 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 not being done, um, that is not what Sheriff Hodgson said. Uh, so I think the shift in tonality is probably something that's at this juncture something that if you're a supporter of of Sheriff Rose, you're probably willing to accept. So I think even if you if you were not a supporter of his, you're willing to as yeah. I am yeah. to say. Give the man a chance. I mean, yeah. he's been there 36 hours. Right. Um, everything that's who, who, happened. Who was that group? Was that group a, uh, you know, the a Communist Party of America? That's what it was. Just trying to shut down the, the, so that's um, the Coalition for Social Justice, and they also started an organization called Bristol County for Correctional Justice. Um, pretty much uh, the same um, organization. Uh, pretty much the same organization. Were, were they involved in support? Uh, for for um, Sheriff Harrell. Yes. Oh yeah, they were. They were. Yeah, they were. The leader were, of the they, coalition for a social justice was out knocking doors for him, as well as mm, Rafael Pizarro. Rafael Rafael Pizarro was his um, was his communications guy during the right. campaign. And he's he, the director okay. of the okay. coalition. And for, they, yeah. they were the ones getting all the publicity with the protests outside the jail. Oh over yeah. The years. Yep. Yeah. Yes, they were. But I don't think you know. Like I, you know, he's coming in after a 25-year tenure. And again, maybe, perhaps Sheriff Hodgson was correct. We're going to find out, right? Perhaps he was correct. We'll, we'll find out. Because Sheriff Hodgson said that there were external factors beyond what Bristol County could control. 
that um, that was that were uh, causing the high rate of suicides at Bristol County as opposed to the rest of the Commonwealth. And so right. I, I remember his response about the, uh, the, the, the the makeup of the population. But um, yes. Yeah. Anyway, I just I, you know, so those guys that were so adamant, um, I, I, I would just like to. Well, I'm not looking for it like I'm going to see it, but it would be uh, be interesting to see to see if they are consistent with well, the message. Let me let me just tell you something. Having knowing quite a bit about that group and the people involved in that group, they would have done anything they could to exasperate the problems to try to get rid of Tom Hodgson. That was about Tom Hodgson being a Republican and a conservative and them being communists. Then it had to do about the actual treatment I, of inmates. I, I I I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree a little bit there. I think they genuinely cared about the issues that you they do. were they were campaigning for. I don't think it was just because we don't like Tom Hodgson because he's a Republican. I mean, I, you know, well, I, guess, I guess their well, response to this will will well we'll, we'll find kinda, out. Right? We'll kind of yeah. illustrate yes, that exactly. right? if they uh, if they if it was if they were for you know criminal justice reform, uh, etc. But I don't think they were. I don't. I don't think any of them. And I don't think anybody who supported Hero was expecting him to come in and wave a magic wand, and everything would be exactly oh, no, no, the no, way no, they no, wanted just, it to it, be. But, it's, but they. I mean, you know. Well, I, I, you know, listen. I we'll see. I, I, that's all I mean. You know, one. Well, Rafael Pizarro. As tragic as the next. Rafael Pizarro and, told and, the local media that this that, that that every death is an example of the mismanagement of Tom Hodgson. I doubt he'll say that about Paul Haru. All right. Well, maybe maybe they'll support. Me. You know, in fact, if they really want to do uh, be helpful, maybe they'll. Uh, they'll they'll fund a uh, a wrongful death suit, and then we'll have discovery. And then, and then a lot of the, the new sheriff's uh, suggestions on uh, outside uh, consultants. Will, will let me make be a suggestion. Let, let the, me just suggest. And, and during discovery, we'll see what's going on. Let me just suggest that you're not going to hear anything from him about this. And you're not going to hear them criticize Sheriff Haru. And you're not going to hear anything. They're not going to be concerned about the inmates anymore because they never were concerned with them. I you're never, ever going to hear from them about the conditions at Ash Street. Their, their big goal was to close Ash Street. Paul Haru has said he's not going to close Ash Street. Have you heard him say a thing about it? He, right. he, has, yeah, I, he, he didn't say he wasn't going right, to close Chris. Ash Street. I just figured I'd throw it out there. No, I think it's a good line of question. Very obnoxious, uh, have been obnoxious over the years. And, I agree uh, with you. I think, I think oh, it's a perfect vocal, line of question. Whether, you, whether or not they're obnoxious, I guess, is the end of a hold, but they've been very vocal. And the question is, are they going to still remain vocal? But I don't think I on day, doubt it. I don't think, it's produ- I don't think it would be productive for what they wanted to do which would be to reform the county correctional system by uh, jumping on jumping on Sheriff Hero the day uh, two days after he was inaugurated because something had, because a suicide because a suicide had happened. I will I also remind you. I will also remind you. This very same group was also very active in trying to get rid of District Attorney Quinn. Uh, they they supported his opponent. So we'll see if they shift their criticism now that to District Attorney Quinn. Uh, to to um in in that like well you know Pizarro was well yeah just I don't know like I think they were a lot more active with uh, Sheriff Ferro because it's a win- the, winnable race right but so, we'll see if they begin to criticize Quinn again yeah, well, it's part of a philosophy that yes. thinks that, that that our criminal justice system has been too uh, too aggressive man mm-hmm. I, I, you know I mean I, they, they I, I'm, I'm a supporter points, of that but philosophy but yeah, yeah but they uh, you know the crime rates going up sometimes. Uh, 
uh, thwart their arguments that uh, we were being too aggressive because when we back off, we have bail. I mean, it's a it's a whole larger issue, but that they're they're not alone in that and in, in their thoughts and. Uh, you know, bail reform, I think, has been pretty bad. Uh, that's uh, you know what, though? Share, you know but, what? I, I, I don't know, because this guy was held on 2500 cash uh, cash bail, which for a lot of people is an insurmountable. But I've seen people, I've, you know, if this person wasn't held at the House of Correction to begin with, maybe this person wouldn't have been as inclined to kill themselves and there have been there have been states that have done it right new jersey for example that have that have gotten rid of cash bail and uh moved towards pretrial services where they have some the probationary offices do some more intensive monitoring of individuals rather than holding them at the house of correction and it's gone pretty well so i don't think the getting rid of cash yeah, bail yeah, is a failure in this case a bail form be, be, uh, in, in this particular case it was just a uh that non that non-violent drug uh charges yeah well that's but, kind of more to the point that that and there's nothing the sheriff can do about bail reform that has to be done at the state level the state legislature the has group, to do something about it the group that supports the da the, you know that and, and they're and they're ilk you know they uh well, you know obviously it's around the country some pretty interesting stats by the way on, what are they, wh- on on where bail reform has, has been uh, tried and and recidivism and of a violent crime recidivism and it's uh, i mean the thing is with bail it's, reform it's is not, you're, it's not, you're it's not a particularly it's not a particularly uh, but, good record for the people who have I like uh, bail reform in Havana. Uh, no cash bail i'm not I sure about that but bail reform but the thing is with bail reform is that you're you know with with cash bail you're holding people based on their um ability to pay bail right so you're holding people based on their solvency um, it's not, it's, it's really, I've, I've seen people, I've, again, I practiced, uh, for quite some time, I've seen people held on a hundred dollars and they can't make that right for relatively minor stuff. So there's, there's probably some wiggle room between, you know, the holding people, you know, there's people that are held on higher bail and maybe those need to be moved towards me. Uh, some, there's yeah. basically with bail I mean, reform, you either be like held. It ties the judge's hand and the, uh, the dangerousness hearing part of it. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how the bail reform changes dangerousness hearings, but the, uh, I mean, ultimately bail is just to, to ensure somebody shows up for, for trial. And so the number of people who stayed out of default on the no, in the in the new uh, bail reform uh, systems it is much lower than people who return uh, with the bail. If they can afford the bail. Reformed. Yeah. If they can afford the bail. All right. Uh, thank you for All the right, call. Thanks, we appreciate guys. it. Thank you. Have a good night. <clears throat> 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to... Well, I'll say really quick... Um, all right, here's an example. Joe Lewis is heavyweight champion for 12 years. Um, eventually, their time is up. So um, what I'm stating now is, yeah, um, I'm stating that now John Mitchell's been around for years, and I hear a lot of people saying they want to see him go. Yeah, so so I I don't know. Um, uh, I don't. Here's my thing with uh, with with Mayor Mitchell. A little bit off topic, but here's my thing with Mayor Mitchell and, and his uh, decision to go or get run for re-election, not get re-election. If he runs for re-election, it is incredibly unlike, unlikely that he doesn't get re-elected. He is popular among people who vote, 
and he has a lot of money in his campaign account. So it would take a serious, serious challenger. And there's none who exist. And there's none that exist. And there's none that yeah, can raise the yeah, money. You there's, thought that. You thought that was Hargy. Uh, we actually, I, actually, uh, first of all, per- personally, I didn't think that. I and, and actually, I don't think Chris. I we all ex- we expected him to win. Right. But. There were we we also acknowledge that there were external factors. This is Massachusetts. There's yeah exactly. There's exactly it's Massachusetts. He was a Republican. The Haro had wind at his back. He had uh, the top of the ticket. He had uh, money coming in from outside. He did have a he ran a really good campaign and he was a very strong candidate. He was a he was a mayor of a city. He was a good campaigner. He has a track record. There, there isn't there isn't a challenger to to Mayor Mitchell that we know of. That exists that, that can know match of. that that well, we, that we know, know of, of right. that we know of. So at this juncture, unless someone comes out of the woodwork, I'll change my opinion on that. But as as of now, we don't know of unless anybody. Mayor Bloomberg is going to actually move to New Bedford and, and, and run with all his money. And, and, yeah, and anybody, and everybody go. that you're th- and anybody that you're thinking of as as a contender is someone he might have already beat before. That's the other thing too. You know, you might be thinking, well, Tony Cabral has a lot of money and he's a state rep and he's been there forever. Oh. But he's beaten Tony uh, Cabral, right? Linda Morad has a lot of money. Yeah. She's been there forever. He's beaten Linda Morad. You know, so 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 there's Scott Lang is the only one I think who could give him a run. And Scott Lang is a very busy man with his law practice. Yeah, exactly. And I don't yeah, see him coming into challenging John Mitchell. I don't. No, he won't run again. Yeah, no, I no. That's what I'm saying. We're, we're, as of now. Unless, like you said, we, someone comes out of left Mark field. Mark Montigny's not going to leave the Senate to become mayor. Yeah, so we're, we're assuming Mark Montigny's not going to run right, or something like right. that, you know, because Mark Montigny with, his, money with and, his million dollar bank account could right. do it. Sure, yeah. yeah, I guess, but. Chris McCaffrey's going to run against him. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> and look, I think John Mitchell overall has done a good job. Are there things I disagree with him? Sure. But you know what? Until you sat in that seat, it's very easy to disagree. And plus, my job is to disagree in some cases, right? Um, to look yeah. for things. Um, I think John Mitchell, if he had to present a campaign, and I hope he does, will have a lot of things, a lot of accomplishments, and a lot more to point to for the future and why you should return him. Which is, again, when you tell people what you've done, that's nice. But they also want to know what you're going to do. And if you don't have a list of what you're going to do, there's no reason to vote for you. I think John Mitchell has both. A list of accomplishments... And a list of things he'd like to finish. Personally. But as I said, like um, heavyweight champion Joe Lewis, you can be around for a long time, but eventually it's going to catch up and you're going to lose. I just don't think we're at that point yet. But um, I appreciate the call. i got to hit hey, this break. Thank you. All right. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. At Cardi's for- On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. We leave no warrior behind. Wounded Warrior Project is a nonprofit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war. Whether those scars are physical or mental, we're here to make sure that they heal. And whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again or giving much-needed support to injured warriors and veterans' hospitals. Because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. 
Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. America's kids are returning to class, in school and at home. And this year, learning is especially tough for kids who already struggle with poverty, emotional trauma, and other barriers. But Communities in Schools is helping by putting caring adults in schools to connect with kids. And now we're reaching beyond school walls, tutoring, mentoring, and counseling students, providing resources for at-home learning, doing whatever it takes to make sure all kids have the opportunity to learn and succeed. For more information, visit communitiesinschools.org. Need to replace your Social Security card? In most states, you can request one online with a My Social Security account. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can also get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Produced at U.S. Tax. You never know who will call in the South Coast tonight. But they want to hear from you most of all. Call 508-996-0500 or use the WBSM app to send an app, chat, text message, or leave voicemail. So we got a sheriff. There'll probably be a mayor. I know in Fairhaven there's a select board. Dartmouth's got a select board. What we don't have now, where we're not represented is, we don't have members of Congress. We don't. (laughs) We don't have Congress anymore. We don't have members of Congress. Uh, I was was actually... um, talking with uh, Congressman-elect Bill Keating's staff mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple, like, uh, during the week. I was just like, you know, because I want to get him back. And he, he wants right. to come back, but right. obviously things are a little crazy now. And uh, and they're like, yep, yeah, he's on, still on the floor. <laughs> I know? hear him, you know, because I've been listening to the vote on C-SPAN. And um, he's been voting for the Democrat, as, as we saw. As everybody we has, yeah. Um, well, not everybody. Well, so there was <laughs> one that dropped. So he had two. So, so Jeffries has had 212, 212, 212. There's 211 last time. I didn't see if maybe someone left. So what I find is that, and you actually have this two Republicans right now who are flying back to Washington, D.C. because they had appointments Okay, uh, in, in their home district. I think one of them ha- might have had a family event, maybe a, a wedding. Um, someone else, I think, had a doctor's appointment, like a real doctor's, a serious doctor's appointment. Yeah. Um, so they're not there tonight. That's why they, they recessed till 10 o'clock tonight. So they can oh. they can do the vote tonight. So I would imagine a lot of these Democrats, listen, they thought this thing would be over a couple of days ago. Right. So they had appointments. You can understand that. Yeah. Um, and it's not crucial they stay because obviously Hakeem Jeffries is not going to have a sudden um, uh, insurgent within the Democrat Party, you know, to run against him. Um, but tonight the vote will happen at ten o'clock, uh, right after ten o'clock when they come back into session. Looks like McCarthy has the votes. Um, well, so the last, um, I do have an article on WBSM.com. You can check it out. It's, it's, uh, Ock and Kloss and Keating's comments actually on, um, on this whole thing. Uh, Keating got a kind of a funny quip, which I, uh, you know, I think it's entirely true that there's going to be a, basically that, uh, the speaker is, uh, trying to captain a ship where the crew's already planning its mutiny. Right. But you know, um, I know there's a lot of short memories, but this is fairly standard fare. Uh, not exactly this way, but for the Republicans, they've deposed speakers. Newt Gingrich was deposed. Livingston, who was supposed to be his replacement, was deposed. 
within hours, we went from having th- those speakers, okay? Newt Gingrich had a lot of stuff going on. Um, he, he had some ethics violations right. where he misappropriated like $300,000 and... Allegedly. He was later cleared of that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, right, allegedly. And then, um, I don't know if his extramarital stuff had I any... That was a big pop. Because uh, he left his wife who had cancer for right. and was having an affair with some somebody. Then he married her, and then, and then then she had cancer or I got very ill. Well, well, he just and got then sick he, of her actually. Uh, oh, no, no, that there was, was there were two people that were sick. Then, right. Then he had he, Callista, who was Callista. on his staff, who's now the, who was the, later became ambassador of the Vatican. Ironically, someone uh, wrote a funny story about uh, it was a satirical story about how Callista tried to make light of a cough. <laughs> 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 Well, she became ambassador of the Holy See. I'm not really that sick. <laughs> I know how she feels. The, um, what I'm saying is that, and then you had the majority leader. He was primaried. Yeah. Um, you had numerous candidates over the In other words, it's been a lot of turmoil with the Eric, Eric Cantor, who you're talking about, yeah, right? Eric Cantor, yeah, right? He lost to David uh David Bratt or Bratt. 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 Yep. Bratt. He was a, who was, he ran to the right. He's already him. gone. Yeah, he lost to Spanberger, Abigail mm-hmm. Spanberger, the Democrat. So the Republicans, and again, the renegades within the House, you only have one shot every two years to try to make yourself an important vote. I originally wanted renegades to be our, our uh, intro song. I thought about it, but it, that's it never even came up. I didn't even bring it up, actually. No. I didn't even bring it up. So until just now, the um, <laughs> that meeting already ended. That meeting, <laughs> meeting already. I don't want those any more meetings. I don't want any more meetings. We got to take a break. The new tonight, uh, we're just wrapping up the eight o'clock hour here, and in the night uh, or the seven o'clock hour, I'm trying to take an hour away from our show. <laughs> right. um, that's in the next meeting. <laughs> Possibly. Um, no, uh, no. Uh, we're we're going to talk about the speaker stuff. Yeah. I think um, you know. I and you can join us at five zero eight nine nine six zero five. Yeah, I know a lot of people have been interested in. Obviously, our our congressional delegation, or what will be our congressional delegation, as soon as they get sworn in again, uh, has um, has spoken out about it as well. So we can talk about those comments and we can just talk about the situation more broadly it is it is historic it's the first time since 1859 which is a the year before abraham lincoln was elected president the first uh that this many ballots have been cast and we still have not had a speaker so i'll see we'll see you guys in the eight o'clock hour